about TJ and Nelda, uh, but, but, uh, but I am going to mention some friends, TJ and Nelda. I haven't talked to them in a long time, and I didn't make up that story. It's, it's true, and they worked in the meat department, and, um, and they, they, always, they always did that. The, for anywhere between here and Hope, Arkansas, they worked in mom and pop grocery stores in the, in the meat department together. He wouldn't work for chain food stores, grocery stores, because they, they had a problem with uh, his, uh, his ultimatum he, that he would give people. So he worked in mom and pops because he had a non-negotiable. If you want to hire me as your butcher, you hire my wife as my helper. And you can imagine the thoughts some people might have, a husband and wife working together in public in the store all day. And, um, but, that, but that's how it happened, and, and it worked out well. I, I guess he had a lot of pull. He had a good name for himself. Best steak I ever ate, uh, he cut it. Uh, he said, that's why it was so good. I said, I said I, I've eaten a lot of steaks in a lot of places, and here this little country store, I buy, this, I buy this New York strip from you, and it's the best steak I ever had. How? He said, it's the way you cut it. And I guess I'll have to believe him because it's the best steak I've ever had to this day. Anyway, so he always got his way, and he had his wife as his helper. And they actually worked together really well. He had a real bad back, and she did all the heavy lifting. And, and that's true. She was, she was little, but she was strong. And, and they worked well together. You wanted to be around them. You, I, I timed it where I, where I was at that store at the time they took their break, and we took our coffee together every morning. If somebody in the store uh, asked for a steak to be cut, they wouldn't say TJ's not here yet. They would say TJ and Nelda are not here. She didn't cut the steaks. But you did not mention one without the other. You never heard TJ. You never heard just Nelda. You heard TJ and Nelda. And that's the way it was. You, when I think about them... Uh, from time to time. I just can't separate them in my mind. They were always together. They worked together. They did everything together. And there's a couple in the Bible who are exactly the same way. And their names are Aquila and Priscilla. You could say that tonight in this study of Bible characters that is that it's gone on longer than, than I planned, obviously not uh, than the Lord planned, but we've only shared one every time. And tonight, I guess you could say we could share two. We're going to share two tonight. But then again, you could say we're just sharing one because they were truly one flesh. You know, the Bible says, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. The Bible speaks of man and woman as husband and wife and marriage in Genesis as one flesh. And they truly were. I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to touch on, I want to touch on the six times we find them in the Bible. So, so we're just going to hit these starting with Acts chapter 18 verse 2. And we're going to be in most of these places tonight too that I go. So, so thumb your page. Chapter 18, start with verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, lately come from Italy, with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had 
commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. All right, go to verse 18, and we're going to see them again. And Paul, after this, tarried there yet a good while, and then took his leave of the brethren, and sailed thence into Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila, having shorn his head in Sincrea, for he had a vow. Verse 26, And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. All right, now let's go to Romans chapter 16 and verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, Paul says. And then in... You don't have to turn here if you don't want, but 1 Corinthians 16, 19, it says, The churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. And then one more time, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 19. And this verse says, Salute Priscilla and Aquila, which is Priscilla, and the household of Vanessa for us. All right, both of them are mentioned six times in the Bible each. And all six times, they are in the same verses. They're together. Every time one is mentioned, the other one is mentioned. And, I mean, they're like ham and eggs. They're like peas and carrots. You think of one, you think of the other. And, and they go together. His name means eagle. Her name means, means prim, primitive and worthy. Somebody said she's a good old-fashioned girl. <laughs> uh, both names are Roman. It may be that, that they both came from prominent Roman families. Both were Jews of Asia Minor. And something that people mention or that catches their interest every time with these two are the fact that it's the fact that out of the six times that they are mentioned, three times Aquila, the man, the husband, is mentioned first. And three times Priscilla, the woman, the wife, is mentioned first. And people have come up with all kinds of thoughts about this. What is the reason for this? And someone's very curious right now. And I hate to let you down, but, but we don't know. But we do know that it is for a reason. Everything is in the Bible uh, in a certain order, and it is of significance. That does not mean we always know. What it is, though, I believe there's a reason for it. And people have speculated, and I disagree with many things that people come up with, and it's just simply their thoughts. You know, I could give you my simple thought on it. I shouldn't stay here long, and I won't, but I'll give you my simple thought on it. Maybe for, well, for, for him to be mentioned first, well, God has called the man to be the leader of the home. He's, he's called the man to be the head of the wife, and he has all the responsibility. You know, I know of one Christian wife that, that read that and said, all right, it's all on you. You're going to answer for us. I'll follow you and you answer for us. And, and so it is on him. And so we can say, well, yeah, of course, 
That would be a, a reason, a biblical reason why he's mentioned first. But why is she mentioned first three times? Was she saved first? Maybe she was saved first, and by her conversation, by her way of life, then there was a salvation of her husband. I don't know that, but it's just a thought in this. That interests everyone. That, you know, because there's no mistake. A writer didn't just make a mistake and, and get the names mixed up and twist them around. Everything's in the Bible a certain way for a, a specific certain reason. But tonight we're going to look at six ways that these two, Aquila and Priscilla, were one. They were one as spouses wedded. They, they were married. Acts chapter 18 verse 2 says Aquila, and it says with his wife, Priscilla, we don't know where they met. We, we have minimal background on him. We have no background on her. So we don't know where they met, how it happened, when they fell in love, or when they got married. But they entered into this divine ordinance, and everything we read about their testimony says that their sorrows were lessened, is what I see, and that their joy was doubled. They were joined in the Lord, equally yoked, uh, and had a spiritual purpose together. And they sought that spiritual purpose together. The number one priority for anyone to have in life, these two had that together. And we're going to see a lot of great things about them. Uh, unlike a man and his wife you'll find in 1 Samuel chapter 25. You don't have to turn there, and I'm going to lightly skim this, but there's a man named Nabal and his wife Abigail, and he was rich and she was pretty. A lot of people think that makes for a good marriage, but that, but that, doesn't, that, that doesn't do the trick. That, that doesn't work. That doesn't make for a marriage. It doesn't complete a marriage. He was, he was rich, but he was evil, and he was prideful, and he was prosperous, he was greedy, and he was dishonest. He wouldn't listen to the man of God, David, when, when he had the opportunity for good counsel. He didn't want it. She expressed a faith in that she would listen to David, that, that, that she thought it would be good to listen to what David says. So she goes behind her husband's back, who had done wrong, and she does right by going and listening to David and pleading with David. And long story short... One thing led to another. They, they had nothing. They grew to nothing in common. They were opposed to each other in character. And he ended up dying. They both needed the Word of God is what they needed. They needed the marriage instruction book that is right here. Every marriage has access to become Aquila's and Priscilla's as we're going to see in God's Word tonight. So they were one as spouses wedded. And then in Romans chapter 16, verse 3, where we read, they were one as spiritual workers. Paul said, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Jesus Christ. They both had the same holy zeal for the Lord Jesus Christ, their Savior. And they both had the same desire for serving the Lord, to serve the Lord in His church. And look, 
They didn't marry the perfect person because no one marries the perfect person. None of us are perfect. We're all, uh, you know, from Adam, and we're a work in progress with one another. They weren't born that way. By the time we finish, uh, you know, you're going to think, wow, this was an amazing couple. And look, they weren't born that way. They didn't just have a particular character about them to make them be able to be what they were or turn out like they were. It was because they were both in Christ. And both this husband and wife, they, they, they talked Christ and they walked Christ and they lived Christ and they did so together. You know, people talk about many pulpits that are empty across the you know, nation and, and, and a need for preachers. I, I tell you what, there's a need for uh, spouses committed together in service to the Lord as... Aquila and Priscilla were. This godly pair showed such uh, great support of the Apostle Paul. They were refreshing to him. And, and he was blessed by them. Acts chapter 18, verse 2. It said, when we go back there, it says that Paul found a certain Jew, Aquila, with his wife Priscilla. And what a find that was when Paul found this couple. That doesn't, necessarily, that doesn't necessitate that he found them in Christ by the preaching of the gospel. The things that I see says that they were probably already established in the faith, but nevertheless, what a find that was. And, and it was in Corinth. And there was so much wickedness that God went on in Corinth, things I won't speak of, of a sexual nature with all the wickedness in that place. And Paul went there and preached the gospel and souls were saved, and he started a church. And Paul was there for 18 months. And guess what? Paul had a place to stay for 18 months, and it was in the home of Aquila and Priscilla. They opened their home to him, and he lived there, and he started that church. And this is what this couple did together. You know... How many improved marriages has there been as a result of the two making a plan to increase their service to the Lord, to serve the Lord? A, a lot of Christians, that, couples that don't need counseling, they just need to serve the Lord together, truly committed together and work for the Lord with their wedded one. They were one as spiritual workers, but they were also one as secular workers. They had a job, and in Acts 18.3, it says, and, be, and it speaks of Paul, it says, and because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, and, and now it speaks of Aquila and Priscilla, and it says, for by their occupation, they were tent makers. They worked together just like TJ and Nelda worked together. They worked together as, as Christians, a Christian company, and they made tents. They worked for their Savior, and they worked in the shop. 
And they obviously did a good job. They used, they used the, the genuine goat hair and they, they sewed it together and, and they, they made seams that were uh, of quality and they made good tents. And, and they repaired tents for people. And they made a name for themselves. They had a reputation. They weren't ashamed of their labor and toil that they put into their job. Not everyone could be a seller of purple as Lydia was. And this is what they did. And they took pride and a good sense in what they did. It was their craft. So we see that they were one as secular workers. And they were also one as supporting workers. You know, Paul was not only with them in Corinth. He was there. They were there. The church was started. He was with them a year and a half. And then, and then it's time for him to go. And he, he left for Ephesus and for Rome. And Aquila and Priscilla went with him. Acts 18, 18, it says, And Paul, after this, tarried there yet a good while, and then took his leave of the brethren, and sailed thence into Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila, having shorn his head in Sincrea, for he had a vow. And he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned, with the Jews. And then it goes on to say, he bade them farewell. Verse 21, saying, I must by all means keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return again to you if God will. And he sailed from Ephesus. He left Ephesus, and he left Aquila and Priscilla there. Now look with me. In Acts 18.24, we're going to look at one thing at least that God was up to in the midst of this. When God's using our lives, you know, God brings Paul and, and Aquila and Priscilla together. And, and imagine Corinth when they leave, what, what Aquila and Priscilla was to the church and what Paul was to the church. It was established and they leave and maybe, maybe the heart sunk in the church for a moment. And, and, and was that it? Was that it for, for Paul and Aquila and Priscilla? God's, all, God's always doing a lot of things in our lives. We need not be discouraged because God is doing more things in our lives than we could ever imagine. So look with me in verse 24, and we see that Aquila and Priscilla were left in Ephesus, that Paul left them in Ephesus, and he went on. But it says, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. 
And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. So, so we've already talked about where Paul and, and Aquila and Priscilla were in Corinth. They're in Ephesus. Paul leaves them in Ephesus. He leaves them there. And can you imagine, though, when you think back, can you imagine Paul with them at the house in Corinth for 18 months? I mean, they had their meals together. They were all tent makers. They probably worked on tents together. And, and don't you know that Paul expounded on the Word of God to them and taught them what he knew? And they became so grounded in the Word of God, Aquila and Priscilla did. And along comes this man named Apollos in Ephesus. And he's preaching boldly, and he has the gift to speak. Uh, he was called by God to, to preach. He was gifted as a, with a beautiful ability to speak, full of zeal. And it says he knew only the baptism of John. There, there's something in that we can take from it that he had a lot to learn. He had a lot of Bible to learn. What he preached was truth, but Aquila and Priscilla come along and they listen and everything they've learned from Paul, they saw his need for more learning in his life of the Word of God. What did he do? What did they do? What did that couple do? Were they critical? Were they high-minded of themselves because of their knowledge and just walked away? No, they didn't walk off prideful over a higher knowledge of the Scriptures, but in a very quiet way, in a special way, in a very humble way, they, they drew this man Apollos in. And Aquila sat down with Apollos, and he expounded unto him the Word of God, and obviously Priscilla was there, and she was some kind of great encouragement and blessing in Apollo's life as well. And Apollos listened he received what they had to say. That's, that's unlikely in a lot of cases. That says a lot of Apollos, and it says a lot of them, the way they approached him and what they were willing to do to try to be a blessing to them. And I say, and I say as one, they were supporting workers because they supported him, they encouraged him, they helped him, and he became a mighty preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've said something similar about other Bible characters, and I say it again because we find it in so many. And with Aquila and Priscilla, they weren't trying to be great. They were just helping to make others great. And they didn't mind being behind the scenes, being the support of another. And so 
These humble tent-making people, this couple, they greatly supported the ministries of these great men. They were, they were obviously one as supporting workers. They were one as surrendered holy. And we read about that in Romans chapter 16 and verse 4. I didn't read that a minute ago. I'll start in 3 because we're talking about Priscilla and Aquila, obviously. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. And then verse 4 says, Who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Paul was grateful to this couple. The churches that Paul started, they were grateful to this couple for something major, something amazing. They had a, a, a deep gratitude for them. And we don't know the exact situation and what took place, but... It is what it says here. They risked their lives ultimately for the work of God, for the glory of God, but they risked their very lives to save Paul. One commentator said it this way, for Paul's life's sake, they submitted their own throats to the knife. They didn't die but they were willing to die and put themselves in danger in order to help Paul and to save Paul. They faced the threat of being martyred to save Paul. They were one as surrendered wholly to the Lord together. They were one in, I'll call this, a sanctuary welcoming. 1 Corinthians 16, 19. Did you catch what happened there? The churches of Asia uh, salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Not only did Paul start the church there in Corinth and live with Aquila and Priscilla, but Aquila and Priscilla opened the doors of their very home and the church assembled there and met there to worship the Lord. The church gathered for worship in their house. I tell you what, the things that we see about this couple together, what insight we have at the passion that this couple had for the things of Jesus Christ. They opened their front door and welcomed the church into a sanctuary. And it was in their house. Together, they consecrated their home to the Lord. You know, these days, I mean, they didn't have a building. There weren't, there weren't buildings to meet in. And so houses were met in a lot. Today, we have church buildings. God has given us a place for all of us to be able to gather together, and we're thankful for it. We, we don't meet in homes as a church. Some, some get started doing that um, when a church plants another church. Sometimes that happens, but it's, there's just not a need as there was. However, we must always church our homes. 
if you will. Our family relationships, our activities, our lifestyles must be set apart to the Lord. We, we must never keep anything in the home that's going to hurt the family, whether it's something of a, of a physical nature or, or something that's in the heart. We should never keep anything in the home that hurts the family. And we might ask ourselves here, if there was an urgent need for the church to meet and worship in our homes, are our homes sanctified and ready for that? Are they set apart that the church might come worship in the home? I don't mean in capacity... That's not possible. Well, maybe for a few here, but for most of us, that's not possible. But I mean in consecration. That's the condition that our homes can be in. That's the condition that Aquila and Priscilla's home and life was in. As a matter of fact, someone has called the home of Aquila and Priscilla the masterpiece of the applied gospel. A humble, wholesome, tent-making couple who served the Lord, lived a quiet, simple, conservative life, having been enormously instrumental in the history of Christianity here. Paul was forever grateful for that, for them. May, may that be us today. May we be found serving the Lord to the greatest capacity that we can. And as I say that, it will all be different. I see Christians serving the Lord in such a way, and there are things that they do, and they're just not on my heart to do them. But they're a very good work and a very good thing to do. I'm not saying I've turned it down uh, if it's come my way, it just hasn't come my way. But I see other Christians doing things, and I'm like, wow, praise the Lord for the differences we have and the different things we can all do for one aim and one goal, to live for the glory of God. May we do that. May we be like Aquila and Priscilla. And, and let me say this. They were one in their struggles in the world. Now, as I, as I make that point, I don't have any scripture for that, but we all have struggles in the world. They, they did face heavy persecution for the sake of Paul to try to save him, and they almost died, so that's a struggle right there. But, but you, you know there were, there were other struggles they faced we just don't hear about Everybody faces struggles. Every Christian couple, every Christian family, they face struggles in life. Aquila and Priscilla, let's just give an example. I don't, of course, we don't know that this is the case, but when they are mentioned, there's never the mention of children. Did they not want children? That's, that's rare. Nolan and Joanne didn't, but the preacher said, be fruitful and multiply, and he obeyed what he heard. Next thing you know, they had children. 
But I, but I mean, most people, you don't hear of them having children. Most people want children. Maybe Aquila and Priscilla wanted children terribly bad. Maybe they, maybe they prayed. Maybe they told the Lord, you, you know, you said you, the children are a heritage of the Lord. We, we, we make a commitment and a promise to you that we will raise children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. May, you know, maybe they wanted children. Maybe they prayed and prayed for children and they didn't have any children. There are none mentioned. That is a very heavy burden to some families, to most people who want children and don't have any. And there are a lot of negative reactions to that. And, and I just say that because that's possibly the case. Whatever the case is, you know they had struggles in their life. So just throw that in there as, as that being a possible case. And all the negative responses that come about from that, but not with this couple. Whatever their struggles were in the world, man, they just poured their lives into serving the Lord Jesus Christ to a level that they wouldn't be able to achieve if they had children, probably, as much as they did and as greatly as they served. You may, you may be thinking about Aquila and Priscilla's you've had in your life. I've heard testimonies that match up with that. I know I've had them in my life, and I'm thankful for them. And you may be thinking about those who, whose lives are a similar reflection of them, and, and you're so thankful. Your life is better as a result of the Aquilas and Priscillas in your life. Oh, how much we owe them. By the way, if you don't have any, you can have some in the Lord's church. My Man, my dad never was a spiritual dad. He, uh, he wasn't saved until late in his life, but God gave me what I called many spiritual dads throughout my life after being saved. God gives us Aquilas and Priscillas. That may be the very thing someone listening in or someone here needs tonight. Man, I'm not going anywhere. I don't know of anything, but, but I'm just saying that, that many people don't cry out for help until after it seems like it's too late, too late in their own minds anyway. Man, the Aquilas and Priscillas we've had, though, May we thank them, but even better than that, may we become like them. May we become them, whether it's a single individual here tonight, whether it's a couple here tonight. Let us be to the church and to others what they have been to us. God's no respecter of persons. He doesn't give anyone a dose of this more than another concerning himself and his salvation. And, and so... And so we can become, we can become them and even more in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and, and then, and then, we're going to close in a second, but, but then think about their marriage. 
Imagine the strength in their marriage they had by, by pouring their lives into serving Jesus Christ. Wow, talk about, talk about some security. You know, and, and I know there have been unfortunate situations. I hate to mention it where it looks like two together in marriage are busy serving and all of a sudden things, you know, mess up or whatever. Uh, but somebody's going through the motions only when that happens. These two were not. They were truly in the work together. So imagine the marriage that they had. But let's close with, with, a, with one as a spiritual washing. Because, because as we look at this couple, and as we look at the bar that is set, I'm, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful to see that. But no one can have this kind of marriage, this kind of ministry, or this kind of makeover, if you will, in their lives without first being saved by Jesus Christ. They were both saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. They were washed of all their sins. Titus 3, 5 speaks of the washing of regeneration. And that verse is about salvation, how it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. And so there's always the thought of, of delivering a message and someone white-knuckling it, and they're going to be as religious as they can possibly be. They want to achieve that, but no one will achieve this without being born again. One must be married to Jesus, then both must be married to Jesus together to be Aquila's and Priscilla's. Well, we're going to close this and